Welcome into another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing Podcast. I'm your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, a Hundred Nothing. All right, guys, welcome back. If you got to hear my Purdue recap, I said I would be previewing Notre Dame, Wisconsin tonight, and that's what we're about to get into. We're going to cover all angles of the game. The uh, game day and big noon Fox kickoff going there. The spread. The Shamrock series. And I say that with a question mark because it's kind of weird. I'll discuss that. And then the obvious. We're going to talk about the teams and how I think this game could go. What I'd like to see. What I think Notre Dame needs to acknowledge and do. To win this football game. Alright. Let's get into it. You know the deal. Watch me for the changes. And try to keep up. Okay. So first. Before I get into the teams. Let me just get the the game day in Fox thing out of the way real quick. And I'll bring it up for two reasons. You know. One. That's pretty awesome. That we're getting both of these high profile college football morning shows at this game. That tells you how big of a deal this Notre Dame-Wisconsin game is. Is it as big as we might have thought or hoped at the beginning of the year? Eh, Probably not. I mean, Wisconsin already lost the game. We haven't looked great. But the fact of the matter is, Notre Dame-Wisconsin, two big profile names, teams that have been competing at... Close to the highest level. Notre Dame's made the playoffs. Wisconsin's been right there. So both these big-time morning shows are going to be there. And I think that makes sense. For one, Big Nude's been hyping this game on all their... If you've watched any game on Fox, when they come back to like commercial breaks and things, they, they've been highlighting that game. That's been part of their little uh, montage. Notre Dame-Wisconsin. And that's been hyped all year. I say all year, but leading into the season. And then game day, I mean, they're, they're kind of, they go week to week, you know, but this game's been hyped. The only other game, and this is the other reason I wanted to talk about this, the other game of significance is probably A&M Arkansas. And A&M fans are a little butthurt. I can kind of understand that. They had a couple good years. But Arkansas fans... Come on. Reality check. Let's come on. Come on, Pig Suey. Come on. You cannot be mad that game day is picking Notre Dame versus Wisconsin, who over the last handful of years have been competing at the highest levels and winning 10-plus games on a regular basis. Arkansas fans are mad because they won three games, and now they're not getting any love. Why? Because you're in the SEC? You're riding the coattails of who? Alabama and Georgia and 
Florida, and even Auburn for that matter. Hell, even A&M. Arkansas, you have won 40 games, including the three this year. 40 games since 2012. That is average of four wins per year. Because you're almost at that number already, you think you're special? No, please take a seat. And I kind of wanted A&M to lose this weekend because their fans are pushing the envelope as far as annoying. But you know what? I hope Arkansas gets run out of the building. Because if you think because you won a couple games against eh, competition, I mean, Texas isn't good. Let's call it what it is. Texas isn't good. Just chill out. Chill out. Just accept it for what it is. You know, as well as everybody does, just namesake alone, Notre Dame, Wisconsin's a bigger draw than AM, Arkansas. Who gives a shit that you're in the SEC? You're just middle of the road SEC. Deal with it. So that's that's why game day's there and Fox, and it's going to be awesome. But having said that, Fox needs to get their head out of their ass. I'm sure you guys saw it. I commented on it. It was on Twitter. They said, who would you rather play for, Brian Kelly or Paul Christ? Here's the problem. The picture they put, they put a picture of each coach. They had a picture of Paul Christ for Wisconsin. Then under, or where it said Brian Kelly, (laughs) it was a picture of Jeff Quinn. It wasn't even a picture of Brian Kelly. Are we that, from yesterday, ESPN, uh, Bell was uh, driven headfirst into the ground. And now to, today, it's Fox doesn't even know what the hell our fucking coach looks like. He's been there 12 years. There's been 120-something games where you could have gone to find footage of what the hell Brian Kelly looks like. You can't tell me. You don't know what it is. That feels on purpose. That feels on purpose. That's like some sort of slight because I don't know how you fucked it up. I really don't. I don't know how you don't know who Brian Kelly is for a, a multitude of reasons. He's the head coach of Notre Dame. Arguably the most famous college football team in all the country. I'm not saying the best. Not saying uh, I'm saying famous, like recognizable. They're probably up there as one, two, or three. And maybe you could argue it uh, around a few ways, but they're there, right? So there's that. Uh, he's been in the news for some some not great reasons that people who don't even know college football know of Brian Kelly for a very unfortunate incident that happened on our campus. But he's been there 12 years. He's been to two college football playoffs. He's been in front of cameras and microphones. I just, <laughs> I just don't know how you fuck that up. That's so embarrassing. Like Fox needs, yeah, you need to check yourself. Can't even get a picture of our damn head coach right. So, again, is that because Fox is more of a Big Ten thing and Notre Dame's, you know, NBC, ACC, so screw them? I don't know what that is about. I don't know. Uh, And then the other thing is it's the Shamrock Series game, which if you're not a Notre Dame fan listening to this, Shamrock Series has been a – Home away from home game. Basically, Notre Dame takes what was supposed to be a home game and relocates it to different places around the country to give fans of Notre Dame an opportunity to effectively experience a home game without actually going to South Bend, Indiana. The reason we can do that is 
we have a very, very large fan base that covers the entire country. They've done it in Texas. They've done it in uh, Florida. They've done it. Uh, I'm trying to think where all the different Shamrock Series games have been now. Uh, New York. Uh, I know they've done a few in Texas. I've got to go to all of them, which is fantastic. But they, they bounce this thing around, right? It, so what was supposed to happen is last year, the Shamrock Series game was supposed to be in Lambeau Field, which was going to be Notre Dame's home game. And that's another thing they kind of do. For whatever reason, they play the Shamrock Series game closer to our opponent's home field than ours, which is weird. But that's what they do. It's fun. Like we played Purdue in Indianapolis. Indianapolis is actually closer to West Lafayette. It's not far from South Bend, obviously. But that was another location they did in Indianapolis. But so last year it was supposed to be in Lambeau. It couldn't happen, obviously. COVID, all that kind of stuff. Okay, fine. So this year was supposed to be in Chicago already, and it was going to be Wisconsin's quote unquote home game. They weren't going to do a home and home on, on campus. They were just going to do this weird, you know, I'll we'll play you in Lambeau where we're the home team and you play us in Chicago where you're the home team. That's what their plan was. But COVID threw a wrench in that. So we lost the quote-unquote Shamrock Series game. Now we're bringing it back but only in the sense of the uniforms, which is that's another wrinkle. Notre Dame has started to make a special uniform for the Shamrock Series game, which I think is kind of cool. Kids like that stuff. You know, these 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, they like that kind of stuff. One game out of the year, you get a, a cool, different uniform. Look good, feel good, play good, man. Roll with it. But here's my issue with the, calling this the Shamrock Series game. Calling it the Shamrock Series game implies that it was it's a Notre Dame thing. Shamrock. Obviously, there's a logo and everything for this. The Shamrock Series 2021, Wisconsin-Notre Dame. Except that we're not doing any of the other things that typically go along with the Shamrock Series game. I mean, if you want to break out different uniforms, that's cool. But it's, a, it's really a Wisconsin home game. So now... Because of that, we're, I don't know, I just, it, it feels like we're, we're sliding Wisconsin's role in this, and it's just a weird thing, because the Shamrock Series, when you hear that, my first thought is, sweet, it's like a home game for people that don't typically get to see a Notre Dame home game, but it's not even going to be that, so, if you're going to this game by chance, don't expect to get the the fanfare that normally comes with the Shamrock Series game where they've got events all weekend and the band is going to be in certain places. They're not, that all that, I mean, some of that might happen because some of that's uh, not in the control of you know, Wisconsin. But as far as like the, the stadium, because uh, all the Shamrock Series games I've been to outside the stadium it usually has a lot of, it feels like a Notre Dame home game. It really does from from a uh, souvenir and merchandise standpoint. So, the, I don't know. I just found it odd that they called this the Shamrock Series game just because they have some special uniforms. Which, uh, which by the way, I think they're pretty cool. Uh, they're simple. They, they 
He gives a call out to Chicago, which is something they like to do. They, they started doing is based on the city they're playing in, they'll give some sort of homage to that city, you know, which is why I have my New York Yankees Notre Dame combo jersey because I'm a Yankees fan and Notre Dame fan. They made a jersey with both, a uniform with both. Some fans didn't like it. I loved it. You put two of my favorite teams in one jersey. I can't, you can't beat it. But, uh, you know, we'll see them on Saturday take the field with, uh, you know, navy blue jerseys with some striping on the shoulders. The pants will have stripes, uh, two blue stripes on the outside, white stripe down the middle, which will be the same uh, on the jersey. It's a two gold stripes with a white in the middle. Uh, helmets are just going to be the traditional gold helmets, but the, the back bumper that normally says Irish will have some, uh, I think, stars on it for Chicago. But, but yeah, it's... It's just a uniform thing. It, the rest of the typical Shamrock Series uh, stuff is not going to be a part of this game at all. So, so that's kind of the game from you know the 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 stuff that isn't going to affect who wins or loses. You know, in fact, the game day is there and Fox is there and you know uniform Shamrock all that. Okay, let's talk about Wisconsin. And the game, and why this game is gonna be close. Like this game is gonna be close, but I do believe Notre Dame can win this game. I, I don't want to say they will win this game, but I do think it's gonna be close enough that we're gonna be on the edge of our seat. The entire game, but I do feel like Notre Dame can get the win, and I we'll, we're going to talk about why. So, first things first. Wisconsin's coming off a bye week. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah, week three, they got a bye week. Well, why are they get a bye week? Oh, that's right, it's Notre Dame. Everybody plans around Notre Dame like it's their Super Bowl, and. I hate to say it, but like, what what other explanation is there? They looked at their schedule and they said, "Oh, sweet, where should we put the bye?" Hey, right before Notre Dame, because that makes the most sense. You got to be totally ready for Notre Dame, but you know we're irrelevant. We're not good. We're you know we're the joke of uh, college football. Everybody makes fun of us, but hey, better put in that bye week because you got to prepare for them. Because it turns out. They're actually pretty good at football. So, but they're coming off a bye. And they're one and one. And I know a lot of us watched it, that opening weekend, Wisconsin Penn State. We watched that game. And I'd absolutely watch that game because why wouldn't you? Uh it high profile game, high profile teams. And what we saw wasn't that impressive. You know, uh, Mertz didn't look great. Was a 59% passer for 185 yards. Fumbled twice, lost one of those. Had two picks. Had a total QBR. Total QBR. Quarterback rating of 14 out of 100. Well, that's not good. Ches Malusi. Uh, shout out to Beef and Marty, a Clemson guy. But he's a transfer. He was a he was a four star guy. He's a good running back. 
He got 121 yards against Penn State and a touchdown, but only 3.9 yards per carry because he had to run the ball 31 times to get those 120 yards. That's going to slow down the game so much. And I think that actually plays in Notre Dame's favor. I truly believe that. Um, and they're all pretty much all of the passing or all the yardage and passing came from two guys. Their number one receiver, Danny Davis, and their uh, tight end, Jake Ferguson. Those two combined for 17 of the 22 catches and 151 of the 185 yards. So those are Mertz's guys. But they he just he hasn't impressed. And then Eastern they beat Eastern Michigan 34 to 7. Okay, cool. You beat Eastern Michigan. Yeah, you beat them good. And we struggled with Toledo or whatever. But Eastern Michigan's not Toledo, and Eastern Michigan's not Purdue, and Eastern Michigan is not Florida State, despite how awful Florida State looks. But even at that, Merch was 14 to 17. Okay, that's kind of nice. 141 yards. And then but the Malusi ran for 144 yards and averaged seven yards a carry. Because that's what they did. Wisconsin against Eastern Michigan came out and ran the ball 15 straight times. 15 straight running plays against Eastern Michigan. Try that against Notre Dame in their front seven. They're really their front four. And we're going to talk about this. They better have all four of them out there. Because that's going to be Wisconsin's thing. They want to run the football. Mertz is not that good. Burns is not that good. They want to run the ball. We have to be able to stop it. So, but if their plan is to run it, I say good luck against our front four. I don't I don't think there's going to be a lot of success there for Wisconsin. I really don't. I mean, you're going to get yardage because you're going you're to keep doing it, but as long as we have the right personnel in there, I like Notre Dame's chances. I will take us over that. You know, the, you look at Mertz, man, and I'm going to spend some time here on Mertz because is he the reason, by the way, that they're a six and a half point favorite? Is it Graham Mertz, a high four star, almost five star quarterback? They're six and a half point favorites. I, I don't get it. I really don't. I know Notre Dame hasn't looked good. I'm not disputing that. But I know, I, okay, I don't like pointing, oh, look how so-and-so is doing. Look how they're struggling. Well, when we're playing them, it, it matters. When we're playing against them, it matters what they look like because that's going to help us assess where we stand against that said team. Well, in this case, Wisconsin, to me, hasn't done anything to warrant being a six-and-a-half-point favorite. You want to say they're two-point favorites because they have ran the ball well and some things look better than others and whatever. Personally, I think this is a straight toss-up game. I think it's a pick 'em. I don't see either side having a decisive advantage either direction, you know. But I do think Notre Dame has an advantage, and we're talking about Graham Mertz. So get comfortable for you know a couple minutes here because I'm gonna I'm gonna rip him a little bit because I and obviously Graham Mertz, Jack Cohen, that whole thing. It is a topic. So let's talk about Mertz. As I mentioned, Mertz was a high four-star, almost five-star. He had a 96 rating coming out of high school. 
everybody points to that Illinois game. Oh, my God. He was 20-21, 248 yards, five touchdowns. He was immaculate. Illinois was not good at football that year. They're not that good right now. I mean, they got a, a win to open the year, and they haven't won since. So, so here's the thing. 20-21, five TDs, looks great, right? Since that point... Well, first career, he's got nine touchdowns, seven picks. So, I'm going to take out the Illinois game. I know you, you have to include it. it like uh, He did accomplish all those things. But I'm going to take that out. But not so much take it out as just say, since that game, here are his numbers. Since that Illinois game where he was God's gift of football, he has thrown for... 59% completion percentage. He has thrown only four touchdowns to seven interceptions. And any team of significance that he has played, he's thrown at least one pick, if not multiple, this year. Penn State, no touchdowns, two picks. Also fumbled once. He can't run. By the way, uh, this year he's got a stellar negative 31 yards rushing for the season. That's the wrong direction to go altogether. For his career, 13 yards rushing. Well, that's not good either. For his career, 13 yards rushing. Like, he's not that special. But yet, we want to make him out to be something. Why? Because he supposedly beat out Jack Cohn, I don't, no, I, I'm not going to, I would never, if you knew the story, and you could talk about it a lot of different ways, Jack Cohn got hurt, Jack Cohn was a starter, Jack Cohn got hurt, okay, Burst comes in, goes 20-21, five touchdowns against Illinois, they anoint him the second coming of whoever, Russell Wilson, I don't know, any other Wisconsin, Hornybrook, Trying to think of Wisconsin quarterbacks that were good, that made, you know, the pros or something. But, so he comes in, he looks nice. Cohn's trying to come back from injury. He's a senior. Mertz is a true freshman. Cohn was a three-star. Mertz is borderline five-star. So, it was kind of like the writing was on the wall. I don't think it had as much to do with, oh, Mertz straight up beat out Cohn as it had to do with, this guy's a true freshman, and he's our future. You're about to graduate. So, we're going to go with the young guy. I mean, think of it this way. Let's say we... Let's just say we have still we have Cone. Something happens. And Buckner comes in. But then, Cone is healthy again. But depending on where our season is, what do you think the Notre Dame and Brian Kelly and the staff is going to do? They're going to just run with Buckner. I... There's a direct, like, comparison you can make in what happened in Wisconsin and what could happen at Notre Dame. So I don't think Merch straight up beat out Jack Cohn. I don't believe that at all for a second. So that that idea is very uh, far-fetched to me. It really is. I mean, there might be some elements of, you know, but statistically, 
Merchant did anything special. Like, not even a little bit. And you could argue maybe Jack Cohn has it. I mean, I'm knocking Merch for negative 31 yards rushing. Cohn has negative 48 yards rushing. So, you know, and when he was at Wisconsin in 2018, he had negative 33 yards rushing. Jack Cohn did. You know, so, but for his career, Cohn is a 67% passer. And, and Merch just isn't that. You know, he's not that accurate. And we need to bank on that with Jack Cohn. We need to get him to be accurate. You know, so the is is it Merch versus Cohn? Obviously not. They're just quarterbacks. It's Notre Dame versus Wisconsin, but that will be a storyline. And you gotta believe Jack Cohn has some incentive to come back and beat the team that he initially played for, went to college graduated from is you know you got to believe there's there's some sort of uh, juice there you can't tell me there isn't i mean it's not quite going to be phil Dracovic playing us like you know in terms of uh cohen playing the team he transferred from but i gotta believe there's something there but their their strength is not going to be Mertz. and if we make him be the person that has to beat us i like our chances you know, again, Ches Malusi's not bad. He's a really good runner. But they don't you really use him in the pass game. He is strictly a runner. So don't expect to see a bunch of I think he has two catches on the year. And it's only two games, but I mean our running backs are catching the ball. Probably because they can't run it, but that's a whole other story. I just Ches Malusi is only gonna be a So Wisconsin's gonna want to use Malusi a lot. And Again, I just think our front four, if we play all four, is our strength. And they're going to have a hard time running. And Mertz is just as mobile as Cone, which is not a lot. And he's not that great of a passer, as it turns out, especially against good defenses. And our first three games, we've gotten progressively better. We've shown signs in every one of the games. Of being a really good defense. I wholeheartedly believe we're going to give Merch trouble. It's that simple. Then you look at Wisconsin defense versus our offense. Now this is where you could say some of the same stuff I just said about Wisconsin. You can say it about us. Except that I think we have a more accurate quarterback. I think we've got more playmakers that can give Wisconsin trouble. You know, we got to force Wisconsin to make decisions. You know, if we're running Mayer and Lindsey and Austin and Davis and Williams or Tyree out of the backfield, you know, are, are they going to... I think any one of those guys I just mentioned can beat whoever's over them one-on-one. That is not a concern of mine. I think we've got the dudes to beat one-on-one coverage. Is Wisconsin going to do that? Are they going to try to double team? Like, what? Are they? We have to make them make a decision. We have to utilize the things we have, like Chris Tyree's speed, going up the gut, ramming it in the the kerfuffle that is our offensive line. That's not utilizing his speed at all. We got to put him outside, give him space, let him run. You know. But we also Jack Cohn needs to be taking shots. 
We need to play to our strengths. I guess that would be the message. We need to play to our strengths. Our strength is not running the read option with Jack Cohn. He can't do it. He's not a threat. Our strengths is not putting Cohn as a sitting duck in an empty set, knowing full well the pass and the pass only, where there's no threat of anything. Not even a quarterback draw where you have to maybe have a spy. Linebacker's coming. And that linebacker is Jack Sanborn, and the guy makes plays. He can get sacks. He can make tackles. He makes interceptions. He does it all. He's been doing it. He's just, I think he's a super senior. I think he's a fifth-year guy. Um, but their defense is averaging two sacks a game. They gave up, oh, I say only because it's only, they gave up only 297 yards to Penn State. And I think we have a better offense than Penn State. I really do, despite that they look a lot better having beat Wisconsin, having beat Auburn. But, you know, I, I like our guys. I really do. Problem is our offensive line. So we've got the skills guys, skill position guys to do this. But uh, Wisconsin gave up 297 yards to Penn State. And then last week, or sorry, not last week because they didn't play because they were preparing for Notre Dame. Uh, the week before against Eastern Michigan, they, they gave up 92 yards total. For the game. For the game, four quarters of football, 92 yards. Their defense can play. And the thing is, they play straight up football. It's not fancy. It's not cool. It's just put up or shut up football. Uh, they're tough. They're I, I, I think we're faster than they are. But they're tough. They're smart. You're going to have to play a good game to beat them. You're not really going to get them out of position too much. But we still have to make them make decisions. So while their strength is their defense, whereas ours is too, which it's first one to 20 is probably going to win this game if it even gets to 20, which I'm not even sure it does. But our defense and their defense is going to really – muddle this game up to where it's going to be close throughout. We're going to be on the edge of our seat. And, you know, we just, just be prepared for it, guys. Just be prepared for an expected close game, which maybe we'll, we'll handle it better because it wasn't supposed to be close against Florida State. It wasn't supposed to be close at all against Toledo. And it wasn't supposed to be very close, and it really wasn't against Purdue. I'm not talking about the spreads. Forget the spreads. I'm just talking about what we thought, what we felt about our team. It, This game will be close. Count on that. You can count on that. It's going to be close. So we got to do some things to maximize our opportunities to score points and win this game. And I already said it. I'm going to say it again. Play to your strengths. No read options with Jack Cohn. Please, God, remove it from the playbook, especially against Wisconsin. That is a wasted play. You're better off backpedaling four yards, taking a knee, and saying, well, that was better than the read option. It probably was because you maybe with the read option there's an opportunity to fumble. But you're not getting any yardage because you just have to light up Williams or if it's Tyree. Which, again, if you're running inside stuff, Williams should be the guy. 
Because let's just say Cohn decides to pull it. He's not going far. You're going to chase him down. It's fine. Like, just, no, scrap it from the playbook. Scrap it. That Those are Buckner plays. They're not Cohn plays. Those are Ian Book plays. They're not Cohn plays. Stop. And speaking of Buckner, if you're putting him in the game, please let him be more than a run-only, quote-unquote, gimmick quarterback. Let him let him play football. Because, again, if you're not making Wisconsin, who is a smart football team and knows their assignments, if you're not making them make choices and decisions, you're just making the game way easier for them. And I say that because if they know Buckner's coming in and it's just a run every time, regardless of what style of run, a QB power, which we ran a couple of those with Jack Coderady this year, which is hilarious. That's a joke. But QB power, read option, RPO, whatever play where there's an opportunity for Buckner to run by design, he's running. And we, you, we have to provide more of a playbook than that. Now, what I'm hoping, this, this might be a big hope, what I'm hoping, and even defensively, and this applies too, I'm hoping... We haven't done everything we can do up to this point because we don't want to show all of our hand against these lesser teams that we ultimately struggled with and could have lost to. But you don't want to show everything week one against like Florida State. You certainly don't want to show everything against Toledo because we shouldn't be struggling with Toledo. Purdue, you know, maybe show a few more things. But... I guess I'm hoping that we have some stuff we haven't shown. We it's you know like oh we know Buckner can pass, but we we want the opponent Wisconsin to think that all he's going to do is run. So they're they see him in the game and they're setting him up for you know uh, the Wisconsin set up for a run only. Well then we burn him with a pass, something to that effect, and defensively. I hope that we figured out that this three-down lineman does not work. We are going to get run all the fuck over if we start doing three-down linemen against Wisconsin. I understand in, in you know last week there were some situations, especially when we were up, Purdue's trying to throw the ball. You want to put more DBs on the field. Like I, I understand situational football. I'm not ignorant to that. I'm not stupid. But at the same time, we need to play to our strengths. And our strengths is not five and six defensive backs. It's our four down linemen. It's Foskey. It's MTA. It's uh, Amendola. It's Heinish. And then the guys behind them. The other Amendola, Riley Mills, Jacob Lacey. It's all those guys. You know, we, we have to play to our strengths. So... I really where 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 the game is going to be made made or or broken is going to be on the offensive side. I do believe our defense will come to play, and I do think Wisconsin is limited offensively, and I I feel like I've seen enough good things, you know, even the Florida State game, they just missed a ton of tackles. That's 
is that really like on the defensive scheme? Well, well, ultimately we went to the three down linemen, yes, but prior to that, just missed tackles. I mean, my goodness. Um, Toledo had yeah, a couple big plays that kept them around last week. Pretty sound, thirteen points. I mean, pretty sound football. We can't give up the big play, but I don't even know that Wisconsin has the big play in them. Uh, Mertz has yet to complete a pass this year where he's thrown the ball for 20 yards in the air. He has yet to throw the ball for a completion 20 yards down the field where the ball travels in the air 20 yards. I'm not too concerned about, again, Mertz is not that good. He's really not. They want to run the ball. That slows the game down. We have the dudes to stop them from running the football. So we're, our game is going to get made is offensively. Don't put Cone in lose-lose situations. Buckner's on the field. Let him do more than just be a, a run specialist. And, you know, you look at like last week. That game could have been way different if we just catch the ball. We've got to catch the football. We've got dudes that can make plays. They've got to catch the ball. Like, it's that simple. You're put. You're in that situation because you're that good. Catch the ball. All of you. And, but we're going to have to basically scheme to alleviate our offensive line struggles. I mean, but we can't ignore it. We can't ignore it. Yes, we're going to have to run the ball a little bit. It's just because you have to. You, you can't not run the ball. I mean, we got to try to run the ball. But the uh, idea that we're going to run it is is not going to happen in my mind. So, so running is not going to be something we can count on in the way we used to be able to count on it. So we have to scheme to minimize those. Do some screen passes. They can't block. Screens are all about not blocking. At least the front four, just let them go. We got Tyree, we got Williams, we can make plays. Uh, I just, I'm really hoping that we see stuff we haven't seen and it's been part of this big, grandiose plan to not show Wisconsin who might be our toughest matchup just because of how similar we are. We just haven't shown them everything to keep it kind of under wraps. Is that probably what happened? History tells me no. <laughs> but that's what I'm hoping because that's what we need you know that's how it's stuff like that that's going to help us win this game because they have two weeks to prepare and also I haven't even really brought this up but you got to think Jack Cohn knows what the strengths and weaknesses of, of this defense are not that he played directly against them but I'm sure he's had opportunities to either watch them well obviously watch them but He's got to have some opportunity to practice to play against these guys. He's got to know what they can and can't do. But at the same time, you better believe they know what Jack Cohn can and can't do. And they've had two weeks to prepare. Two weeks. I'm going to mention that because that's going to be a theme throughout this season. Which, Notre Dame fans, I know you know. The rest of our games, we've got nine games left. And six of them are coming off buys. It's... It's crazy. And it's the big ones, too. I think like Cincinnati's going to be coming off a bye. Uh, Virginia Tech's going to be coming off a bye. 
USC and us, though. We get a both goodbye there. North Carolina, I believe, is coming off a bye. It's all the big ones. But starting with Wisconsin, they're coming off a bye. They're going to be ready. They've had two weeks to prepare. And maybe they're thinking like we are. Well, Notre Dame's going to be showing us something we haven't seen. we got to be ready for it. But from what we have seen, we got to be different. And we got to take advantage of things that can flip a game. Like, oh, I don't know, punt returns, kickoff returns. Those can flip games. Like, if I've already said first one of 20 is going to win. The game's going to be short. Well, you're being given an opportunity to make a big play. Return the damn punt. Because you never know what happens on a punt return. They're, they're not as designed. They're not as predictable as, as a you know traditional play. There's a lot going on. You know, and hope for the best, but fair catching it is eliminating any possibility of anything good happening. So I, I want to see some punt returns. I just we need to take some chances in, in in good ways, you know, but Cone has the arm to take chances with our receivers. You know, regardless of who they try to eliminate, if they try to eliminate Mayer again, Austin, catch the ball. It's that simple. You had your chances. Catch the ball. You were there. You were open. You did your part. Now catch it. Lindsay, got to catch those. Run past everybody. You got to catch them. So, it's, it's going to be a crazy game. We got a few more days. Uh, for me, kickoff's at 11. Um, some might say that's too early for an Irish car bump. But I say traditions never die. And it's not too early at all. So Irish car bombs will be had in the AM for this game. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I guess I'm going to wrap this whole thing up with my prediction. If you're a betting person, I would bet. I Like I said, I'm not huge on betting. Uh, I did put my money where my mouth is in terms of Notre Dame's over-under for this season. But game-to-game basis, there's enough stress. There's enough mental gymnastics I do to not lose my mind. I don't need to add additional stress in a monetary way. No thank you. Hard pass. Not happening. But if you're that type of person, I would probably side with Notre Dame at 6.5 points. I I think this game is going to be something like 17-13, you know, 20 to 14, 20 to 17, if it even gets that high. Uh, you know, I can see like a, a 16 10 game or just something that close. But I like Notre Dame on the winning end. I think, I think 17 to 13, it's going to be stressful. Just lock in, just be good, be okay, guys. Notre Dame 17-13. I just think we have the ability to really shut down and minimize and limit what they want to do, which is run the football and put it on Mertz. I think our defense can make plays. Kyle Hamilton can make plays. Get a pick, flip the field. Uh, And I'm not saying our offense is going to dominate or they're good. To where, oh, no problem, no questions asked, not at all, not even a little bit. But I just look at the matchups and I think if 
we scheme properly to minimize our offensive line deficiencies, we have the guys to make plays when it matters. So, let's see what happens. But that's that's where I'm at. You know, kind of to wrap it up, uh, Mertz, not that great. Don't be worried about Graham Mertz. He's got a cool logo for NIL stuff. Other than that, not that great of a quarterback. Four TDs to seven picks since his wonderful coming out party against Illinois. Ches Malusi, good runner, not really using the pass game. So look for him to try to run the ball. Otherwise, he's not much of an option. You know, then defensively, Jack Sanborn's going to be flying all over the field. They got some, uh, you know, big defensive linemen we need to pay attention to. They do slow down your offense, but they also slow down the whole game. That's another reason I believe yardage totals won't be huge. The game's going to get so slowed down from their efforts to run the football. And then for us, we just need to play to our strengths. Both sides of the football, play to our strengths. Don't put ourselves in positions that are basically setting us up for failure. Three down linemen against a team that wants to run the ball, you're setting yourself up for failure. Jack Cohn, read option, any type of option is not an option. And empty sets, you're setting yourself up for failure because it's obvious pass. He's not running. Just make them work for it. That's just that's it. You know, play to our strengths and make Wisconsin work for it. Don't just make it easy. Don't do it. So that's all I got until Saturday. That's some Irish car bombs. Go Irish. Beat Badgers. Five for nothing. Hundred nothing. Out.